Welcome to our next installment of the Rebels of the Heart virtual conference series. It's been an ongoing segment where we've featured great leaders across all different areas of business, different companies, really showing the next generation of leadership and what leadership with a heart looks like in terms of rebels breaking the rules, creating new rules, and, and establishing what a healthy business and personal relationship can look like. I'm Derek Bunston, CEO of Life Guides, uh, and we're building a platform for preparing people to do extraordinary good by using technology to match people who have been through a life challenge of some sort with those who are going through the same or a very similar experience now provide peer-to-peer mentorship support and guidance to help people be happier, healthier, and more productive in both their work life and home life and where those come together. We are excited to welcome Kathleen Steffi from Naviga Recruiting to today's episode of Rebels with a Heart. It's an honor to have you on here, Kathleen. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, we're eager to get to know you and your story and kind of what drives you, but I'll start off with kind of an easy, what I consider easy question. Uh, which is what does rebels with a heart or being a rebel with a heart mean to you? And how is that kind of showing up in your life or your business? Sure, sure. So I asked my team this exact question to give you a few answers and perspective here. Okay. So one of them, and this was without knowing what your business model is or anything like that. So one of them says rebel with a heart reminds her of a sturdy cowgirl riding a horse Riding into the abyss with some great background music, maybe country. Okay. okay. Um, another one said someone who bends the rules a bit, but for a worthy cause. Mm. Okay. And then another one said someone that is going to push the envelope with great purpose and meaning behind their moves, even if it isn't welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are some different perspectives. I love that. Which one resonates most most fully for you or which tweak would you make to your Yeah, Probably not the cowboy or cowgirl <laughs> one. I, I really didn't envision myself being on a horse when I heard that, but I definitely thought about somebody who pushes the envelope, somebody who does things differently, doesn't look left and right to get perspective before they do things and just kind of works hard based on their convictions and execution. That's yep. what I thought. <laughs> I, I think that's that resonates very true. And I think I think those last two definitions of combination of that is kind of what we had in mind when we, when we thought of those people who were willing to- Oh, you did? Yeah, to put the reputation on the line a bit. And, and keep in mind, we, when we launched the series, it was kind of pre, pre-pandemic. And so the idea of, of pushing change and putting people first in the context of how we drive business was still a less talked about, widely talked about topic and has become- a necessity over the last couple of years in order for yeah. companies to adapt and change. And so it's interesting. We talk about, you know, what's the next iteration of this because it's becoming such a widely discussed and agreed upon concept yeah. uh, around talent. And I know that's an area where you have a lot of interest and a lot of expertise. So I'm interested to hear both your story around how you've gotten into this talent journey and also how Rebels with a Heart, if you will, is showing up in your business right now. Oh, Sure. So I, I've been in the business now for 25 years. Uh, I started in- very, very young for that. So that's good. I do? Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm pushing 50. I'm pushing wow. 50. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, you know, I started in corporate recruiting yeah. as a recruiter and then worked my way up into corporate recruiting leadership. Yeah. And then 20 years ago, I started Naviga pretty young. And I, you know, when 9-11 hit, um, I was overseas as an expat helping grow the business um, and hiring different Europeans and such for a software company. And so when that happened, they booted us back to the United States. And I was like, 
what do I want to do with my career and what my life, yeah. my life overall? So anyway, um, I started the journey to own my own business and you know, I, I love it. I, I still don't get bored after this day about helping businesses around the world find talent. And I swear that's not like some weird tagline. I, I've got a lot of energy around it. So let's talk about the entrepreneurial journey because that's there's something rebellious and, and requires a lot of commitment and conviction around that. What what ultimately got you to jump off the proverbial edge and to do it on your own from going from corporate? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it happened organically. I yeah. had time. I had a severance after yeah. they, you know, got us back over here in the United States. So I and I saw I could do it. You know, I saw that I worked very differently compared to a lot of people, very fast, very nimble, very proactive, things of that nature, whatever. I don't want to keep talking about myself that way, but I- well, Please I, do. That's actually part of the whole point. Yeah. Where does that, yeah. that come from for you? Where, where did that, where's that kind of originate? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly childhood. I mean, yeah. both of my parents, very hardworking, very hardworking. Yeah. Uh, so, and, you know, and inside, you know, just maybe trying to prove myself. Um, I'm a smaller woman. <laughs> so, you know, maybe there's some part of that, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know, but I've got it and I've used it all my life now in my career. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Chicagoland. Okay. Chicagoland. Yeah. And what did your parents do? Um, my dad was a roofer and then worked his way up to foreman. So okay. he was in charge of all the roofers. And then my mom was in education. She was a teacher for okay. almost years. So uh, I can totally understand the work ethic then from both those professions and the, Big and the time. context on that. That's mixed. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Grew up in, yeah. Go ahead. You, the blue collar town. Yeah. Yeah. A great so, one. <laughs> you, so you brought that, you brought that kind of experience context into your work life and we're doing things. How did that inform you doing things differently? Obviously working with efficiency, working, how did that kind of set you aside? How did, how did it set you up even better? Well, I, I don't know. I just feel like the average person um, doesn't work um, beyond ex like to exceed expectations, mm -hmm. maybe to meet expectations or maybe a little under. But, you know, if you want to make it um, and do really well, it, it it's not that hard to do better than others because most people aren't doing that. You know, you just you've got to you've got to just make sure you're pushing the envelope and and you know, staying later and doing the job you aren't assigned to do and not complaining about it and, you know, just getting noticed and showing yeah. up. So how has the talent world of talent from your point of view kind of shifted over the last couple of years? I mean, here's, here's a couple of kind of principled points, right, that you're raising around work ethic and how, how people can and should show up to be a top performer. The expectations and kind of the agreement between employees and employers, I believe is evolving and shifting mutually like what, yeah. is that? what are you seeing in the world right now gosh talent's changed yeah. talent talent has completely shifted in the last two years um for the better for for the candidates for the people who are working um there's there's a change that's occurred in terms of what is required by people in order to choose a company to work for they're they're choosing a place to live their life, mm -hmm. right? Um, and they're not just choosing a place to go work anymore. And there's so many different, you know, things surrounding that, that employers have to now abide by, behave. It cha it's changing culture completely. Um, so it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing for society, quite frankly, yeah. uh, you know, but it's tough on employers because they're having to change right now in a very big way. 
that's what I was going to ask next. How are you seeing this ongoing shift from an employer perspective in terms of yeah. how, how some are responding, how some are struggling? What it, how do you see this playing out over the next couple of years? Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, when maybe somebody passes away in your life, you go through different stages. It's like, employers have kind of gone through different stages where the first it was just resistance. Mm you know, resistance to what the, you know, talent market needed. And so they weren't changing at all. And then there was this, you know, thing that happened where maybe they just were sad about it, you know, and just like um, uh, saying bad things about the talent marketplace and all these things that are being demanded, you know, and and things of that nature. And now there's an acceptance um, and a change that's happening um, not overnight, but I'm seeing it, you know, employer by employer, client by client, they're making these changes in order to attract talent and retain them. It's pretty dynamic what's occurred. What are you seeing as some of the most innovative or best practices that companies are doing in this way to really set us? Because it is a really competitive talent market. And, and I completely agree. We t- I've talked about this a lot, which I know around choice, that people have choices yeah, and, and they're thinking about the entirety of their family now, and I think in a different way. Yeah, they're looking at time different. They're looking at they're looking at a lot of different things, and and I think that's so. I'm interested to hear what you're seeing in terms yeah. of people that are really kind of innovating in the space of talent, not just responding, but but intentionally shifting course. Yeah, um, remote work is now no longer innovative, but it is uh-huh. innovative to employers. Mm-hmm. Because they've never done it before, and it's no. a huge cultural shift and mind change. So that is the number one thing that employers are doing to embrace the reality of what talent needs and wants with their work-life balance, like without question. And yeah. if it's not remote work, it's hybrid, you know, something like that. It's it's engaging employers. It's more act fun activities, yeah. you know. Um, it's more rewards. Um, it's just acknowledging employees as people yeah. in a really heartfelt way, way. Just it's not like how it was before. It just isn't. It's how it's is really- it shifting how you're recruiting candidates? How is it? What are you seeing in the tactical day to day of your work? How, like, how is it your, what are the lead indicators that you notice in your business? Yeah. Well, a huge indicator if a t- if somebody will move forward with an employer, number one is the remote workforce. Period. So if they're not offering remote and the person has to go into an office, unless it's a very dynamic situation, we're not even taking it on. Wow. We're not even taking that position on because we know it's not going to work. It's just there's a huge disconnect in what the talent market needs. And if you're not able to meet that need, it's just not happening. You know, and a lot of um, employers are also acknowledging compensation. You know, not because of inflation in the B2B space, you don't see a lot of inflation talk going on. You mm. just don't. Um, but just acknowledging it to say, where am I, uh, you know, against the market and am I paying a fair trade? So things like of that nature. It seems pretty basic, but employers get lazy. You know, they get used to things. And so it's, again, it's just pressing them to do the right thing. Yeah. So a few months back, I think we, you know, there was a lot of talk, you know, maybe six, eight months ago about the quote unquote great resignation. And everybody has their label of what they want to call it, the great reset, the great reprioritization. It's kind of quieted down in a recent month or two, right? It seems like what's, yeah. what's that, what is that about? 
And how is it changing? What are you seeing? Because we don't know if it was real. I mean, yeah. so it's a great resignation, the great regret, the great reshuffle. Yeah. The big, massive companies changed it to the great reshuffle, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it was all for marketing. Yeah, right. like a marketing label of what was going on during the pandemic and people are just over it. You know, that we're like, listen, we're moving on. Okay. <laughs> we're moving on from this categorization. And yeah. because I didn't see it, like the, the, the people that we were placing yeah. around the country, they didn't all resign to go to new positions. Right. You know, I had a person on my team resign, but I think that it was circumstantial, you know, yeah. it's just the environment wasn't for her. So um, I, I, I just think it's fizzled out because it's just not as hot and it's not a hot topic. You don't see the news talking about it anymore. You don't see businesses talking about it anymore. And that's what happens when the media stops talking about this stuff. It's like, huh. it's gone. Well, that's what I was asking. I mean, did you see it? Did you see a big lift in your business during that period of time? Is there a, diff is there a significant shift in your business now that you're noticing? Like, what, yeah. That, uh, um, well, we're up, we're up 25% from last year. And last year we, we were up 28% end of year. Um, I'm, I'm not seeing a huge significant difference, yeah. uh, based on any buzz or anything going on. We're, we're steady. We're a steady, steady growth business. And that's what I've seen in the market. So I've not seen anything outrageous based on this. Yeah. So. I, I, that's, it's consistent with what I'm, what I've kind of been seeing and kind of sensing as well, which is kind of fascinating. But I, I think there, there may be certain sectors specifically that have more prevalence in this than others, right? I think I that was, that's definitely true. I think you're seeing, you know, I think hospitality and retail, maybe you saw more of that because of what happened with just with the lockdowns. It exactly. clearly required people to make adjustments. And I yeah. think now we're seeing that reemerge. And to your point, there's the whole, you know, we have new people coming into the workforce. We have yeah. people who are leaving the workforce, but for the, the people who are, who have been in it and have stayed in it, it's, it's really fascinating to see how it's happening, but companies are still being asked to shift in order to be competitive, to be in of choice, to be a place where people put their talent and their, and their time and their resources to, to build something together. Yeah. You know, um, on the great regret that was categorized, yeah. I do believe in that um, because we saw candidates leave businesses, not ones that we placed, but they had left their employer and they, they came to us and said, I made a mistake and they yeah. won't me back because they got caught in this, you know, buzz. Yeah. It's better out there. Well, let's talk about that too. Cause I think that that speaks to what you said, which is how much of this was generated by just people being fatigued and, and just, you know, with prolonged uncertainty and prolonged kind of stress and of the unknown and a once in a lifetime pandemic and all these other kind of converging, converging factors, how much of it was just like, people were like, I'm just, I just am at my wits end and people were yeah. not really be able to address their health and well-being fully and looking for ways to kind of cope and respond in their own either, you know, not necessarily healthy ways. And what can come, what are companies now doing to help recalibrate that? What are you seeing? Exactly. Yeah. Like, like you're from your perspective right here, what you're saying, they were looking on the brighter side, what's always brighter, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think it's just continued focus from employers on yeah. Um, talent as people and yeah. what can we do? And from the beginning of the engagement in the recruiting process to their lifetime with the business, with that employer, you know, it's all about engagement. It's all about treating them as people. Um, it, it's just, it's important. 
It, it really is. I can give you an example, just even in the recruiting process that has changed. Yeah, please do. And, um, there's really no such thing as keeping somebody um, warm, if you will, like in the process. People as individuals don't just wait around for anything. Like, say, yeah. if I want to go out or go work out and a gym tells me like, hey, you know, I'll I'll put you on the list, but I, I won't get you. I won't get you in for a couple of weeks. You know, and it's, wait a minute, I want to take care of my body. I'm not, I'm not, you're not keeping me warm. I'm, I'm immediately going and looking elsewhere to see where I'll work. And employers are um, getting better about keeping that momentum going and doing what they have to do to pivot in the recruiting process. Like if a hiring manager isn't available to meet with somebody, they'll pull somebody in, yeah. you know, and, and we are doing a lot of coaching, <laughs> a yeah. lot coaching right now. Um, you know, so clients can have aha moments and we do it on our first calls with the calls with them to set expectations and things of that nature. So I don't know. It's just, there's so many moving parts to, to being better. <laughs> when you talk about coaching, is that for the employers or for the candidates? Huh? Employers. Okay. Employers. Yeah. yeah. So no matter what size. Yeah. So to speed is what I'm hearing is back to your kind of what are your core competencies, that speed of being able to quickly respond to, to, to kind of, to facilitate, to vet, to make an offer, to close the offer. Like that's, that's really where there's a, sh a major shift happening. Right? Yep. Yeah. Speed, which is a behavior, but then also how are people communicating to the candidates? Like candidates will come to us and say, Hey, the person seemed disengaged. Yeah you know, in the, in this process, like, like they were checking our <laughs> interviewing and things like that. And he, like they're judging employers like never before. Interesting. Never. What you're seeing is generational versus talent broadly of this kind of stuff. Like um, it's, younger it's talent yeah. broadly. Yeah. It's talent broadly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a general, uh, gen um, generational issue going on because the new generation coming out of college, they don't, have the perspective of working nine to five. Yeah. Jobs. It, that doesn't mean they, they don't hustle. That doesn't mean they don't want to earn money, but they just know how to earn it in different ways, you know, with the whole social media trends yeah. and, you know, you can, you can go and make bracelets. This is an area I'm passionate about actually. So among a number of them, but what are you seeing employers do that create to be creative right now, creatively to, to respond to that, to build a employment model, for like a better term, or a work model that accommodates that flexibility more than just remote work, but like time flexibility. Are you seeing anybody doing that really? I'm not really seeing any proactive approaches yet to, to manage that issue. It's an, it's a, it's something we all need to start talking about and make change. Yeah. Cause I think that's actually one of the bigger drivers of this whole talent shortage, right? It's not that they're not there. They're just doing other, they're taking greater autonomy for their, how they allocate their time and the relative yeah. reward to that time, right? right? So how do we create jobs that are more reflective of that, of people working within their time constraints or their, their time, you know, productivity windows and how do right. we, you know, I think that's where, I believe that's where we're going. That's my personal right. And I'm surprised that there's not more thoughtfulness going around that right now. Yeah, right. not yet. Nobody's really talking about it, but it is an issue. It's yeah. an issue because these this younger generation has figured out how to make college work without being in person and yeah. doing it at their own time. And they know, and even high school, 
Yeah. They know that they can do it now and they have a totally different perspective than we did um, coming up. So, and it's, it's a positive one. You so know, at that point, are you seeing, or are you seeing, or what are you seeing from companies around education? Right? You raise an interesting point around co- college kids or students are seeing an opportunity to change how they look at their education. How are you seeing companies? Are you seeing companies respond to that in some way? Um, no, um, there's yeah. still a requirement of having a undergraduate degree, yeah. you know, not a lot of change at all about, you know, oh, I will say there used to be a stigma with online schools. Mm-hmm. If if uh, somebody was going to an online school to get their degree, it used to be like, no, I'm not taking somebody from an online school that completely has blown up and shifted. That's not even a like a thought process anymore with recruitment because you can go and get your degree from Harvard online now. And you know what I'm saying? So it just doesn't matter anymore that the pandemic has pretty much leveled out that playing field. Got it. Fascinating. What should people know right now from your perspective, if they are going to be kind of building a different approach to talent recruitment, right? Like what's the, what's your single biggest recommendation to employers when you talk about this coaching, like besides flexibility, besides speed, what's kind of the macro kind of advice that you're giving? Yeah. The macro is that they really need to look at looking at people as people, employees as people, and that they're coming to their organization to live their life and integrating their company inside their life. It's no longer just about coming to work. They are evaluating the opportunity to live their life inside the organization or while being inside an organization and working. It's it's no longer the opposite. That's perfect. That's what I thought you would say. And I want that's the message you said early on. I wanted you to reiterate that because I think that's a key point too. Oh, cool. So how can people learn more about Naviga Consulting and Recruiting? Yeah, um, you can Google us. You can Google my name, Kathleen Steffi with a K. I pop up everywhere. LinkedIn, Kathleen Steffi. Um, Naviga Recruiting and Executive Search, same thing. Google us. We're all over the place. You can't not find us pretty much. Awesome. Well, Kathleen, thanks for your time and thanks for sharing your contributions with our community. Really love what you're doing. And I love your passion. I can tell you, you've got what it takes to make it. And uh, I know you're helping people in the companies. So thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.